and welcome to the Culture Quest. We are but humble adventurers, and now we can breathe underwater. <laughs> uh, joining me today are Peter. Hello. And Barrio. Howdy. And I am Inan. Thank you, uh, the listeners at home, for taking part in our noble quest. Um, in today's episode, we'll be talking about Playdead's Inside, a puzzle platformer video game uh, that has a bit of a mysterious vibe. Before that, I just want to mention that next episode, we'll be talking about Jaws. That's a 1975 movie by Steven Spielberg. It's supposed to be a classic. We'll be talking a little bit about that near the end of this episode. You can also find all the ways to contact us in the show notes. Uh, you can comment on this episode or uh, previous episodes. Tell us what you think about what we're going to record next. We might even talk about it in the next episode. How are you guys? Uh, very good. Very good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, winter's starting. Winter's coming, uh, which has me worried. I hate winter. <laughs> I'm a summer boy. Uh, always have been, but that's it. Uh, you, can't, you can't stop winter from coming. If, if, if there's one thing we learned from Game of Thrones, it's definitely that. <laughs> yeah. I've been to London. Uh, I spent a week in London. I recently came back. I went with my girlfriend and a couple of other friends. And we went for um, two main reasons. We went to watch an American football game. They're sending teams over to Europe to, to you know, get some more crowd from Europe and get some more people to buying their merchandise. People love it. People come from all over Europe and even people come from America to watch the games. I got to watch, um, if anyone's wondering, the Carolina versus Tampa Bay game, which was pretty good. And um, we also went to watch a musical, Book of Mormon, uh, which it's it's great. Uh, Book of Mormon was created by the people who made South Park. It's great, just a great musical. And I, I haven't seen a lot of musical in my life, but this one is definitely just a step above the rest. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the one of the greatest. It's um, other than uh, you know other than Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the the South Park creators that uh, joined in on that. There was also uh, Robert Lopez, I think. He's a very talented uh, musician. He and his wife uh, did the Frozen soundtrack and all kind of other Disney movies. They're really <laughs> just a talented family. I wouldn't wouldn't have guessed the people of Frozen worked on the music of <laughs> Book of Mormon, but uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's I think there's like a, a cool story behind it that Robert Lopez approached Trey Parker um, after watching the South Park episode about Mormons. And they started to just brainstorm and think of how to make a, how to make a musical, and it kind of came to life because Robert Lopez <laughs> loved the comedy about them, and Trey Parker always wanted to do more music, so like it came together to this very awesome musical. Yeah, and it worked out great. Really, it's it's one amazing musical. We had a free night, one of the nights just before we came back home, so we went, decided to walk from theater to theater and see what play has tickets left. And uh, the first one we tried was Wicked, and we got the worst tickets ever. We, we sat the last row, but it was still, everything was fine. Wicked, Wicked is pretty good as well. It's, um, it's telling the story of the Wizard of Oz from kind of another angle, which is very interesting. It tells the story of the Wicked Witch all throughout her childhood and until the end of the Wizard of Oz. Not as good as uh, Book of Mormon, but still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about Book of Mormon, so um, might be worth checking out. Yeah, uh, I listened to the Book of Mormon uh, soundtrack for years. I never thought I'd get a chance to see it, so I just listened to the soundtrack over and over again, and I loved it. And now that I got to see it, you know, I kind of thought that I may be disappointed by watching it with different actors, not not the original cast. But no, it was just amazing. Just and they one thing they did well, really, really well. They kept all the best parts of the show outside of the soundtrack. So you, even if you know the soundtrack pretty well, there's still a lot to be surprised about, which is uh, very, very... It, it doesn't happen often. 
Yeah, Trey Parker with his uh, South Park uh, voice, voices all over the place telling, telling parts of the story. Sounding like Mr. Garrison and such. <laughs> yeah. We had a few days there. And other than the NFL game and the musicals that we went to, we didn't have much planned. I usually, when I travel, I don't plan a lot. I just, you know, get there and, I don't know, trust my instincts. I hope that I find anything interesting to do or cool places to visit. And usually it works out for me. But this time I kind of got burned on that. We went to uh, the British Museum. We had uh, a lot of uh, friends telling us that you should go there. And uh, we did. It's a pretty amazing place. Have you guys been to the British Museum? Uh, Peter, have you ever been to London? Um, I've been to London, but I've never been to the British Museum, I don't think, because I've only been to London when I was a bit younger. So. Oh, cool. The British Museum, they have, um, you know, the British Empire, they've been everywhere, all around the world, and they've collected treasure and uh, artifacts from everywhere, and almost collected everything there in the British Museum. So there's a lot of amazing stuff to see there. One thing that really blew my mind was the Rosetta Stone. If you, you guys know what the Rosetta Stone is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's bigger than I thought. It's uh, just a huge slab of stone, like a huge tablet of stone that has carved on it uh, three different languages. I think two of them is ancient Egyptian and one of them is in, uh, in Greek. I think it was carved 2000 and I don't know, 2200 years ago. And that's what allowed us to start really translating uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs. And um, it's just a beautiful thing, important artifact and um Glad I got to see it. And uh, the rest of the museum is, is extremely impressive. They have stuff from ancient Egypt and ancient Greece and Rome and Africa and Asia and Americas and just from all around the world. Crazy things. But we spent most of our time in the um, ancient Egypt area, which is just beautiful. Just huge artifacts and statues and everything. But I kind of felt like everything went over my head. We didn't plan to go there, and I didn't prepare to go there. I didn't do anything to prepare or anything. And um, you can see all the, the ancient stuff that was probably handmade and hand-carved, and you see huge statues that are beautiful, and you see coffins that mummies used to be in, and um, everything is amazing. But I, I went there, and I didn't have any context to anything. I didn't know what I was looking at. You know, even if you read the little plaque that everything has there, it's it's hard to really understand how important and interesting everything is. You know, you, you can see a plaque saying this is a coffin of some guy that I've never heard about on it or carved three gods that are holding uh, three artifacts that I've never heard about, uh, three items that I've, I don't know what why they're important even. And I kind of I kind of kicked myself. I, I kind of felt like if I knew I was coming here and I would read a book, I'd be so much more interested and excited to be there. A few hours earlier, when we were walking to the museum, we stopped at a store called Primark. Um, maybe you have those in Australia. We don't. I don't think we have them in Israel. It's like a department store, a huge department store where you can get clothes and and stuff for home and everything. We entered that store, and they have changed the entrance to the store to be Harry Potter themed, and they they kind of sell a bunch of Harry Potter memorabilia, anything from clothes to notebooks to coffee mugs and everything. And I. You know, I walked in there, uh, I wasn't looking, I, I didn't know we were going to go there, but everything there was so exciting to me because I know all the characters and I know all the spells that, you know, they have written on everything. And I kind of felt later when I was in the museum that if I, you know, just knew a little bit more about ancient Egypt, I'd be as excited of that as I am of Harry Potter things. And I was kind of sad that Harry Potter got me more excited than, than ancient Egypt stuff. Yeah, I think if I went to the British Museum, I'd, I'd want to go for a particular exhibit because I think it's just, it's nothing wrong with it. It's just like we can't 
comprehend the gravitas of every exhibit you know we have to sort of map it onto our own knowledge so if you've read a a few books about egypt and stuff then some of the artifacts you'll see you might have read about and you've heard mentioned and stuff so it's nice to get a bit of to put a face to a name really but yeah if it's all new stuff then it's hard to hard to suck it up and appreciate Mm -hmm. it you know so i I definitely i definitely get that especially when people recommend movies to me about history or something like that and i have like there's a few areas i'm good with like chinese history and stuff but if someone recommends like an egyptian or roman history i just it's very hard for me to get interested about it so i definitely get what you mean by getting more interested about harry potter or something because you can sort of fit it into your life a little bit easier yeah yeah these things were crazy i mean ancient ancient stuff that were handmade by people who I can't even imagine how they lived, and it's just beautiful stuff. I wish I could have appreciated it more. Bariara, you're going to London soon, right? Yeah, I think in uh, in a week or so. Yeah, maybe take my tip and read up about it. Because I don't know if you plan to go to the British Museum, but it's it's really something crazy they've got going on there. Yeah, I'm definitely, I think I'm definitely going to go. I've been to Canada recently, and uh, I went to... Well, I don't remember exactly the name of the museum there, but it, it really it really is special. I mean, I, I guess I can understand why some kind of uh, works of art are um, we don't we we don't find that exciting anymore. But definitely, like realizing that those works or or those structures or even uh, you know a lot of time uh, graves and such were done so many years ago that that's uh, for me that's that's the exciting part like when you see when you see a mummy and you see like a well-preserved body of someone who lived like thousands of years ago you say how the hell did they do that i'm not sure we we know how to do something like that today Play Dead's Inside PC game. There's a game called Limbo from the same company, and uh, I played it with a friend and, and got really, you know, sucked into that world because it had a very specific vibe and it kind of told a story without a word. I really enjoyed it. We're not gonna talk a lot about it though inside definitely got a, cu- a couple of references to it but after playing it i started following uh, play the play that company if you if you go to play that website they have only those two games and when they announced inside i was i was really psyched and i started following it and i kind of hoped that you know when when inside finally came out I, I will play it again with the with the same friend that introduced me to limbo but until then uh that friend uh, relocated to Japan, and I kept waiting for her to come back so so uh, we can do it. So I, I actually got around to it only a year after it, it came out. I just took uh, one Saturday and, you know, <laughs> surrounded myself with uh, with snacks and drinks and uh, connected my, my PC to the, to the television. I played it using my, my PC, closed all the windows, turned my phone to quiet mode and just started playing it. And it was an amazing experience. First of all, I one of the things that we should first mention about this game is that when talking about how it is to play it, it's a very simple game. It's, it's what you call a 2D game but it's a two and a half dimension games because it's it's a three dimensional characters and you're moving in a three dimensional world, but the actual experience is 2D. You're going uh, left and right, you can jump, you can crawl, 
and there's some kind of an action button that you can interact with other objects, switches, and buttons ar- around you. So the game starts very easily and, and takes you to understand that gameplay. Then it starts telling you the overall story. You start at a forest and you, you just go right. And there's no information, no nothing. Yeah, it's just completely blank. And you keep running into those puzzles that require you to uh, either um, you know solve, solve them by interacting with different objects or time uh, time your, uh, your, um, the way you advance mm-hmm. to, the, to the next stage. Um, and, uh, and you keep seeing through, through those puzzles and through these scenarios um, all kinds of characters and, and surroundings that kind of teach you about what, what happened in this world. Um, yeah, the story is told visually. Yeah, it's, it's a very visual experience. You know, they say God is in the small details. That's exactly the thing with this game. You, you maybe I haven't mentioned it, but you play as as the boy. is a, a red shirt, black pants, and, and just move around. And there are certain nuances that really make the experience much more real and much more exciting. For example, when you encounter something that's kind of scary or frightening, you will start hearing the boy breathing from excitement or in scenarios that you just almost drowned in some kind of a lake or, uh, or water tunnel, then you can actually hear him catching his breath before continuing. And that really helps creating this real environment. So you know what? Maybe before, before going through the entire uh, length of the game, what did you guys think of it? Well, to be honest, I don't really play many games. Like the games I usually play are sort of just platform games like xbox games and stuff like that and i usually don't play online that often it's more of just a casual gamer as i say so playing this i've seen enough gameplay to sort of know what it's about like it's problem solving and there's not much sort of narration or in this case no narration there's no sort of mini map or anything like that it's all just a visual experience pretty much and a little bit of audios and the sound effects as well which i quite like but um, the experience I got from this was, well, I, I won't sugarcoat it. I'll say I, I felt a, an acute sense of anxiety going into it because yeah. sometimes when you just <laughs> don't know what to do, you're just stressing out thinking like, what oh, what am I meant to do? And you just, you're sort of just having a bit of a fit and you're just sort of like chucking around boxes and climbing <laughs> up random things, hoping that like something you uh, like happen upon will will get you out of the situation but then when you um, finish something you think oh that was easy or I'm the best or something like that so um, <laughs> that was just repeated I don't know how many puzzles there were but there must have been at least 30 maybe around 30 maybe and um, yeah I just felt like every oh, most of them like some of them I think were big puzzles but I managed to solve them like pretty easily some of them were like easy puzzles and i was just stuck on them there's one i had to google <laughs> actually um one of them with um i don't know if you guys remember it but it was the one with springing boxes how you had to like spring from one box onto another box and you had to time it mm, that one yeah that one was the one i had to google that was tough yeah but um the first maybe hour of playing it i felt like the puzzles weren't too hard and then it kind of hit a point where it got a lot tougher and then towards the end it got a little bit easier so i don't know if you guys felt the same about that but um yeah how long did it take 
you guys to finish the full game? Like, did you play it in like one sitting or? All in all, it took me just over three hours. But I, I definitely didn't do it in one sitting. Every 30 wow. or 40 minutes, I had to take a break. <laughs> wow. I mean, the game isn't hard or anything, but it's stressful. I mean, and after 30 <laughs> or 40 minutes, I, I, just, I just felt like I need to take a break, just yeah. do something else, and I'll be back later. <laughs> what about you, Barrier? How long did it take you? Um, yeah, I think, I think around uh, four hours. But I, I just played it straight. Oof. I couldn't, couldn't leave it. Well, I played it. I played it straight and it, it took me about, I reckon, six hours. So it took me a long time. Uh, according to uh, how long to beat, yeah. let's see, the average is three and a half hours. So, yeah, so I, I guess... You're about average. Yeah, I say it's about six. Yeah. But you don't play these kind of games. I don't play these kind of games. And I don't get me wrong, it was enjoyable, but sometimes, like... I wish you could kind of get hints. Like, I wish you could have just said, like, oh, you know, guide me or something like that. Like, the only problem with that is I probably would have pressed it on, like, 25 out of the 30 puzzles. So, I I wouldn't <laughs> have got the satisfaction I got, but I probably would have finished it quicker. So, I, I don't know how I feel about it. But there were some puzzles which I thought were just magnificent in terms of, like, the thinking about it. Like, there was a few with the animals where you had to, like, divert animals away from where you are and get enough sort of enough of a head start to sort of get into the yeah. next door or something like that. I found those ones to be intuitive and some of the ones with like, there was some repeated things like the mind control ones were good because you could actually see where you needed to, not necessarily where you needed to go, but you could see if there was like mind control, like for people who haven't played it, it's basically there'll be a thing hanging from the roof with a little like metal hat, helmet, metal helmet. Yeah. yeah. And you need to get into it and then you can control sort of these zombies. And the reason why I found those ones easier is because you know that it's going to involve getting into that hat. So, like, you're not running around doing aimless stuff. There's at least sort of like a point. So, I found there was enough of those to sort of get me through, like, the... Um, there was enough sort of repeated sort of mechanics that I could sort of think about it. But the the first time I came into like a new sort of thing, like the bouncing boxes or like when you had to gather all those, the 20 bodies, that was tough. That was tough. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I felt that was like a mix of mix of stuff. But yeah, it, like as I told you, it took me six hours. So it took me a long time. Yeah, I didn't get stuck on uh, on the puzzles really. I mean- uh, a few of the puzzles you have to kind of try and see what works until you just go through and then it takes two or three, maybe four tries. There was a point I got stuck, but uh, if we're going to go over the, the game, then I'll let you know when we get there because <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So the game starts at uh, when, when the boy kind of slips into screen and you find yourself in a forest like absolutely you don't know anything to do. And you start uh, moving uh, to the right and you don't know what you're doing, you're just going on ahead. Probably the first uh, thing that, that's worth mentioning is that you kind of you see a truck that is being loaded with, uh, with, with people and you kind of hide behind, uh, I don't know, a rock or something before that, that truck drives away. Uh, because if they find you, they catch you, and and the game ends, and you and you have to restart. <laughs> it's a stressful situation to be thrown like the start of a game to this very uh, alienated uh, world where where you don't know what you're doing, but you can't trust anyone. Everyone you see on screen, they're they're there to get you. 
So one of the first experiences that you get there from, from the forest is just being chased. There are people there that are searching for you with flashlights. And the moment that they hear you or, or, or kind of see you, they definitely want, want to catch you. And, and they don't necessarily want to catch you alive. If uh, they drive with a car, they will try to shoot you. If uh, they will send the do- their dogs after you, they will try to uh, get you down. Um, even when, when they chase you themselves and, and they get you, it kind of seems like they strangle your character. Um, either strangle or um, put a, a, a rag of chloroform to your face yeah you know maybe that's it but if, if they try to get you alive they wouldn't try to shoot or, at you or uh, or send their their dogs after you so it, it must maybe it's you know it's a dead or alive situation where they don't they don't really care and I think I think what's what's most interesting there is that I, I found the truck like from from the first moment of, of the game I found that the truck why is there why is the truck there why who are those people in inside the track? Where are they taking you? Are, are they trying to catch you because you're one of those people who got away or maybe we're, we're supposed to free those people? Kind of threw a couple of more questions into the air than, uh, than you can probably mm-hmm. get from, from the entire game. Yeah, you kind of start with nothing and then you see a truck full with people and you know something weird is going, going down. <laughs> I don't think you ever see a truck of people all getting into the one truck and think, yeah, that's where I want to be. It's pretty natural to avoid that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where you start, when you start to suspect. And I hated those dogs. I mean... Freaking dogs, man. Yeah, not, not only are they scary, they're loud, and I played it with headphones and every <laughs> bit of the game where you have dogs. I was so thankful that I was playing with headphones because my dog was sleeping right next to me and I didn't want him to get scared. But man, was I scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so stressful. I mean, you, you actually feel they're, they're after you. They're trying to get you. And you know, like, because most dogs, I guess most dogs in our lives are so peaceful and, and nice. You never yeah. think of attack dogs that, you know, try to, try to hunt you down. I hated it. Yeah. So an interesting thing that I haven't, I haven't noticed on, on my first uh, gameplay, but kind of, well, uh, a couple of videos that I watched about the game showed it, were the, there are certain pods in the forest that are kind of, it's not really clear exactly what are they. They look like uh, cells yeah. with, with, you know, like uh, round-shaped uh, windows. And, and, on, and it's, again, not really clear exactly what are they, but they're, they're going to repeat, you're going to see some more of them during, during the game. Mm-hmm. One thing interesting about those, they appear only in like forested area or green area where there's uh, natural organisms growing. I don't know uh, if it's yeah. important, but, but it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you can also see them in the farm, which is the next chapter, uh, the next part. Okay. Um, but like, they're, they're definitely um, man-made or... Well, I think you can also see them in the mines where, where, where you, you have that 20 people challenge. The, the twenty body challenge. I think you can mm. all you also uh, yeah, release right. some of the puppets. Some well, I'll get to the puppets in in a sec. But um, you also you also release uh, some of them. So anyway, the pods are <laughs> are intriguing. Let's say it like this. So eventually, you you run out of the forest and you kind of go through a river to a farm to uh, an area called the farm. It starts with a with this field that you just pass through and then you get to this farm which looks completely abandoned 
And probably like the first thing that is very noticeable there is the quantity of dead pigs that just lie all around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is very, I don't know, like the whole vibe there is very post-apocalyptic. Like everything is, is just, in ruins and everything yeah and you see a car like uh, covered in mud and uh, ground and everything looks just broken down and dilapidated yeah like they've given up on the on the place it's it's not really clear what that place was used to maybe maybe a pig farm probably but it looked like when everyone just got out of it a couple of of weeks ago and uh, this was uh, what what was left? Have you guys read um, Animal Farm by um, George Orwell? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, really enjoyable. Maybe it's the um, post-apocalyptic <laughs> um, Animal Farm. <laughs> yeah, all the pigs are dead. So uh... <laughs> only because it's all pigs. Yeah, all the other animals died. <laughs> so I, I think, look, if if we're talking about interesting things that happened uh, there, probably the so so like we said, the pigs were kind of kind of big deal there. There's also a part where uh, when one of them, which seems dead, get back uh, alive and starts starts chasing you, you make it run into a wall, and when it it kind of loses loses conscience, you pull something from its butt, and it's kind of a its <laughs> tail, right? No, what? It's not its tail. Oh, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, that, that, this is interesting. So yeah, you pull something out of the pig's butt, and um. Ugh. It looks like it's tail. I, I at first also thought it was uh, the, the pig's tail, but then you kind of check it away, put it aside, and you see that it keeps moving. It looks kind of like a worm or a slug. <sighs> That's kind of important because it ties this game to Limbo, the earlier game by Playdead. It's also a, a 2D game where you kind of walk to the right a lot. And in that game, you see those slugs, they look almost kind of the same, and if, if you touch it, it uh, attaches to your head, and then it can control the way you're moving. I mean, uh, it can make you move just to one side uncontrollably, and um, you kind of lose control of your body. And you don't see a lot of these slugs or worms throughout inside, but it, it, it's interesting to think that there's something with mind control that, that in this world that people can maybe take advantage of. Yeah. Actually, when, you know, when I played again, I saw that in the farm, those worms were all over the place. All the pigs' bodies. Oh, really? Yeah, were just swarming with these worms. Oh, I totally missed it. Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting because it kind of it kind of gives you context why all the pigs are dead. So I'm not it, it hmm. it's not entirely sure if it's some kind of a infestation or or maybe that they had to close the farm because or maybe it was those pigs were kind of used as an experiment for. For, yeah. for those worms. So slugs up your butt is bad. Is that what we've, <laughs> we've, we've, what we've gleaned from this? Yeah, it's a very educational <laughs> game. You, you can learn about it, a lot about it uh, for, for the real world. Uh, don't put slugs in your butt, kids. Um, so those worms, you can also find them in a later chapter of the game. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to get to it, yep. but uh, it is interesting. For all those people that are about to turn this podcast off, don't worry, guys. There's, there's more butt slugs to come. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard the last of butt slugs. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing that probably I don't know I I found it kind of intriguing is there there are the the small chicks. Yeah, there's a puzzle that you have to use uh, the chicks that follow you around, and they they're yellow, they're bright yellow, and there, there aren't many things with color in the game outside of your shirt. 
Yeah, and and the kind of weird thing is that <laughs> you turn on a machine that kind of sucks them and and spit them out in order to like get this um, this box available, so, so you can push place, it and, yeah. and climb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't think they die from it. I think yeah, they, they, they love keep it. moving after they they're being. Uh... It's okay. They're all masochistic ducks. <laughs> One of the questions that I, I asked myself afterwards is, why are they following you? I mean, you're a person, you're pretty big, and, and they just, when you walk, they start gathering around you and and just follow you wherever you go. And uh, until they can, because you climb something and that they can. Yeah, it takes a couple of minutes to do this puzzle, and you walk kind of from the left to the right and back and forth, and they're really just literally following you, and that's weird. Yeah. You know, you you. It's not it's not clear. You you kind of take it on the first on the until you finish the game and kind of kind of see there's a lot of uh, concepts about about mind control, which we again we will also talk about later. But these animals that follow you is again something that isn't trivial and and kind of repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And that kind of links to another puzzle that happens in the farm which is the uh, where you first come across the helmet that peter mentioned before the mind controlling uh, helmet which connects you to um to those zombies i i like to call them puppets because well they're not zombies i'm not sure if they look dead they're humanoids that's that's for sure yeah but unless you you're connected to one of them it kind of looks they're very they're slumped they're down very sta- yeah. static yeah they're not they're not conscious they're just they're sort of humans not. without consciousness which i don't know I'm, I'm happy to stick with the zombie term but um puppets is good as well yeah i liked to call them uh, uh drones Drones, yeah, that's a good one. We're not sure if they're humans that have been brainwashed or if they're synthesized. I don't know, right? We don't know anything about them. Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, we see we see a lot of them throughout throughout the game, and they're definitely different from other humans that exist in the game. We we do know that there are humans that we assume are are like yeah. us, but we're not sure if they're if they're brainwashed or just created yeah they sort of seem to me like if there was a human that was deceased and we sort of had this technology which we could control them i don't think we'd have like the data sort of processing to to make them look like they were a normal human you know like with their head raised and their arms moving Mm. for maximum you know talk and (laughs) all this stuff but it huh. seems like they were sort of doing the bare minimum to move it. So you just move the legs, like real clunky one after another, and then you move the arms if they want to move something. It seemed like no style, just kind of if you were controlling it with an AI, you just control like the calf muscles, the hamstrings, and the arms. Like you don't worry about posture or anything like that. So that's why I kind of thought they were deceased humans because it seemed like what you would do. You wouldn't be too concerned about like hmm. – um, how they look if you were just trying to get them to do stuff for you, like, you know, dead slaves, I guess. But, yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about it. There's a good... Because uh... if, if there were drones, if there were drones, you would assume they probably would have put a mo- bit more effort into making them walk a little bit more, like, human-like. Like, um, I don't know if you yeah. guys have ever seen Boston Dynamics, the new robots they're building and stuff like that, but it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to program it. But if you're taking, like, an already dead human, there's no point trying to control, like, the nerve muscles in their neck and stuff like that. You may as well just use their legs and arms and stuff. That's a good point. 
you just want the the cheapest solution. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, cheapest solution that will g- give you the maximum uh, value. Yeah, yeah, just efficient work. <laughs> yeah. Just before going to the to the next chapter, where where we see a lot a lot of these um, puppets or uh, well, we agreed it's not it's not really drones, but um, I'm happy to call them drones. Those puppet puppets, zombies. Yeah. Puppet zombies. Yeah, puppets. Zombie puppet puppet drones. Yeah. <laughs> so one last part in the farm that's interesting that inside the cornfield there's a. Uh, this underground shelter uh it's kind of a, a secret area where where in order to fully complete the game you have to visit actually twice but it, it kind of looks that there's some kind of a resistance i think there that i don't know that that was like my my take have, have you guys visited there the the underground um I haven't. I didn't do that one either. I saw it on YouTube. I mean, I saw in one of the rooms you get um, pictures developing with some spoilers and stuff. But I don't know how people even found that room. I mean, you have to walk through that cornfield and you have to click X while holding up. Uh, How did people even find this place? (laughs) I just ran past it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But it's it's interesting because it kind of tells that there's something that that is not right with with this world. It kind of seems like there's a I don't know. I thought about our, our resistance that is uh, developing those uh, photos that they snuck, and um, I don't know. Kind of kind of was intriguing. I didn't think it was a resistance. I thought it was part of the main corp uh, main corporation. I don't know because there's an orb there. There are thirteen orbs uh, throughout the game that you can uh, disconnect, and I I guess we'll touch on them uh, more later, but each orb is an achievement uh, for the game. I played it through Steam, so it's a Steam achievement, and um, that achievement was called uh, Research Facility or Research Center, so I kind of figured it was part of the corporation's research facility, but um, there's no, no knowing, really. After going out of the farm, I think you see like this line of um, zombie puppets that just march into a truck themselves. Like again, you see, mm-hmm. you see that truck, and when you keep going, you find yourself at this city where where you just jump from rooftop to rooftop, and you see in the background like those couple of lines of of zombie puppets just marching and it's suddenly it's the the vibe that i got is that suddenly the world kind of becomes much more open and big and yeah and you see probably the greatest amount of living things that you that you've seen so far yeah and you can hear them marching from the distance you can hear it in the background yeah it's horrible <laughs> like because you, you don't know if something is going to happen because we already learned from from past chapters that things that happen in the background can can, can affect you so <laughs> like seeing all this action uh, in the back and you're not really sure if it's going to affect mm-hmm. you or not I, I got really stressed about it. Yeah, but there's a second where you're walking uh, right near them. You're climbing down of a building and you're walking near the street and you can see the line of puppets marching and they don't pay attention to you at all. Yeah, that, that again kind of holds the assumption that they're just completely unaware. They're just yeah. vessels, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're being led to some other truck or, or something. What's interesting is that the city, probably the first thing that you see is uh, this kind of ruined billboard, I think. Yeah. Like, like you can see the, the letter C just standing alone there. And again, it kind of get you get the feeling that this city is also abandoned, kind of like the farm that you just just you run out from. Uh, what's interesting that that letter C kind of joins with other letters that you find in in that stage in the city stage. You find an a C, you find an R, and you find an E. 
which kind of spells the word wreck, like you record. You find them in, the, in that and order, C, R, and E? Yeah, I think so. I think, like Anon mentioned, there are those secret orbs that you find throughout the game, which you need to disconnect, and that helps you get to the secret ending of the game. What's interesting is that there's always a yellow line that brings that... It's like a yellow cable that kind of connects to that orb. That's kind of a hint that there's a secret around. Yeah, exactly. And when you find one, you see it's glowing. And when you try to interact with it, you kind of pull its power source out in a way that it mm-hmm. just breaks and, and stops. When you find the orb of that of that stage, you also find the letter E. And there is a radio that is just next to the orb, which kind of makes this very weird and disturbing sounds. And the, the letters spell rec, like record, which you're supposed to record those sounds for in order ah. to get. The, the secret ending when when we get get to a bit a yeah, bit it's, later it's like a three note melody you have to enter that melody i didn't think about the rec the rec cool that's interesting yeah so when you keep running to the right and you pass those puzzles that that you find in, in the city you finally get to the factory which is the part four of the game you find yourself ac- accidentally like fall into a line of puppets, the puppets that has be- have been marching uh, so far. You find yourself uh, in that line and being inspected by this bot that if it sees that you're not behaving as a puppet, as a zombie puppet should, mm-hmm. then it just knocks you out and you have to restart that stage. And what's interesting there is that you- you're just supposed to walk with those uh uh, zombie puppets and, and do whatever they do. There are some sections that you need to turn around or jump and just, you know, play the game to fool everyone to think that you're one of the puppets. What's interesting in that stage is that while there are a lot of them marching on, they're being inspected by people in the background, which I'm pretty sure wore masks, like white masks. And probably the, mo- the more disturbing thing about it is that they also stand there with their children. They're inspecting the whole process. I found it like really disturbing. Something with the children. I mean, I, c- I can understand if that's the line of job that some people have, like they have to inspect that uh, cheap workforce of uh, zombie puppets. But why do they need their children there? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I-, I-, I wasn't sure if they're wearing masks because no one really has a face in the world. But yeah, the, the-, the fact that they have kids there it kind of looks weird. It kind of looks like it's a demonstration. You know, they're showing what they can do. And a little later on, you can see a guy with his kid picking up a crate of people, buying them to use them at his own home or something. I don't know. And it kind of changes it. I, I thought they were creating some kind of army of drones or something. I don't know. But the fact that there's children there and a kid watching his dad buying a crate of people kind of makes it seem like they're just selling cheap workforce for everyday use. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I got out of it as well. I felt like the jumping and stuff was sort of the demonstration sort of phase. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, we can make him jump, we can make him turn, we can make him pick stuff up and everything. I thought it was a demonstration to show what they can do. Yeah, it, it is interesting that they stand there with their children, but only later on when you kind of continue with the line of uh, line of puppets, you, you get to a zone where there are some some men but not but you don't see children there and they also have dogs yeah. there and that's where the the dogs kind of understand that you're faking it and and they start running towards you and then that's where where you need to be yeah but at least they didn't bring the children there <laughs> <laughs> 
So you you kind of you kind of run from the dogs. You jump off a window and and you get down. Keep running uh, until you get to the to the subway. But an interesting thing that I, I don't know I, I kind of found it interesting is that you there, there's another puzzle there with the zombie puppets and the mind control helmet that you learned something very interesting. You learned that in order to control one of those puppets, you don't. You don't need a, a direct link to mm-hmm. it. You can mind control it by proxy. Like if you have an, a helmet, so you control a puppet, and the puppet get a helmet, then it can control another uh, another puppet. You control that first puppet, and then you run him into the the other helmet, and then a box breaks open, and there's another drone kind of wakes up. <laughs> I was so surprised by that. <laughs> I thought I thought there might have been like a bigger one where you have to like control someone controlling someone that's also controlling someone. It might have just gone on for like five or ten people, but didn't really get to that. <laughs> No, I think uh, they were just trying to show you that, that it's possible. Uh, it affects the story in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of shows that you don't need a, a direct link to someone in order to control it. So you continue and go to the subway where you see an active subway, which kind of tells that the world isn't completely destroyed and there are some some uh, mechanics that keep on working. What's interesting that on the subway where there is some kind of a patrol light that that tries to get you again, you can also see a cage with um I'm not sure if I don't remember does it does it hold any people or or is or is it just an empty cage? I don't remember. Do you remember? I think it was empty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's empty as well. Uh, either way, it's it's kind of weird to have a cage there. But but I think as we can also see later on in that cage is kind of acts like a crate for for those puppets yeah. and and that's how you uh, move them around from the subway you kind of go uh, near this um, research facility uh, i don't know like you see two people standing in, in an office talking and, and they got a lot of equipment there then you sneak around and steal their submarine oh the submarine part that was like difficult i didn't know where to smash through the walls but turns out there was like a small crack in the wall which i had to smash through and i just did not get that the first time yeah, I, for, I totally missed the fact that you can kind of dash with, uh, with the submarine. I got that, but I was just bashing into the <laughs> random walls. I just didn't understand because it was like you had to go to the bit where there was like a tiny bit of light and I didn't really realize it. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> so pedantic. It took me a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think what's interesting that what, – so you go, you go into the submarine, you break the wall and you – keep going uh, uh, forward and it kind of seems like uh, underwater ruins of, of, of something because eventually you kind of rise up into um, abandoned sunhouse I think uh, like that's where you see all the plants and and you also see those pods that that we mentioned earlier um, what's interesting with with that part you're in the submarine is that you kind of see something that's that is following you underwater and eventually you you realize it's um it kind of looks i don't know i i call it a water child or a water baby it has a long hair it's definitely naked uh. and it's it is scared of light but the moment that you're not scaring it with some kind of beam of light it it starts to chase you yeah. then it breaks the the submarine's window and and kind of drowns you yeah those baby monsters or mermaids they're scary yeah, I thought she was sort of like a crazy 
mermaid sort of with dark hair or something like that that's definitely like the part that scared me the most in the game i mean there's something where that there's something in the water that can definitely outrun you and and get you and it's it's kind of hard to run from and even hard to participate that just scares the living hell out of and me. it doesn't need to breathe <laughs> yeah i think this part has a little bit of ramifications for the rest of the story i think um the fact that you know those babies baby monsters or mermaids or whatever they can breathe underwater and um all the flooded area kind of looks like the facility the the factory maybe I think it kind of shows that the corporation or the bad guys they kind of control water I mean the fact that the those monsters can breathe underwater and the fact that there's a lot of rooms that you kind of uh, swim in with your submarine that don't really make sense physically because there are drowned areas that the whole room is kind of underwater but inside the room you get places that are dry that you can run in and it, it kind of makes sense me feel like they have the technology to control water and maybe the whole drowned area maybe it's not flooded by mistake maybe it's just supposed to be like that yeah it's interesting you leave this submarine on on some uh, on some shore and you continue to get into where you face the 20 bodies challenge there's a platform where you pull a trigger it says uh, 19 and the moment that you stand on it it goes back to 18 oh there's all already uh one of those al- zombies on it one of those puppets yeah so you understand you need to get like 20 bodies there and in order to open the door also like from from the first moment you're not sure you want to open the door because every five seconds there's this huge disturbing sound coming from it and if you if you try to push yourself against the door and that sound happens it just like throws you back oh really I didn't know this that yeah me either. Huh. <laughs> I, I remember that I stood there and I was like, maybe there's another way. Maybe I'm not supposed to go directly to that door. Huh. I'm not, also, I'm not sure how I'm going to get like 20 people because it sounded horrifying. One, I found it was interesting. There was a counter because it was obviously like a challenge. I don't know why it would need exactly 20. It just seems like an odd thing. Like, <laughs> um, did the people that made the building like, do that deliberately or something like that i don't know why but and like what happens if you get like a really heavy drone zombie puppet like what what happens then so but also like the fact that when you went out looking there was like exactly 20 or 19 extras you know like i found that really weird 19 and you yeah like i was like oh well how you know obviously it's a game so obviously you're going to be able to find them but why is it they're exactly as many as i need it seemed like too perfect they've but, been expecting you peter yeah that's what i kind of thought hmm <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Actually, it's a, it's a good question. I guess, like, once you start to... The way you start to rally those 20 bodies uh, is that you come across, again, of those metal mind-control helmets, but instead of it... Usually, it's, like, connected to some kind of, of, of a pipe. The moment that you find one, it kind of disconnects from the pipe, and what happens is that they just whenever you find a puppet it just starts following you you're not connected to anything there's this the iron helmet with the yellow lights and the puppets not only follow you they will also help you to do um, whatever they they can throw you up in the air so you can get to high places they can help you pull things or, or lift things up and um, that part you kind of go through all direction and get in order to get enough followers mm-hmm. to help you what what's interesting here is that you have this helmet 
and it makes people follow you, kind of like when the chicks from the farm episode yeah. uh, followed you wherever. When thinking about this after, it, it kind of made me think maybe the helmet doesn't allow you to mind control, but it just enhances your ability to mind control. Because maybe for simple creatures like those chicks, they just will start following you even if you don't have that helmet. But for puppets, because they have a, a bit more complicated brain function, then you need that kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and earlier in the water area, those mermaids, those baby monsters, they kind of follow you around and try to get you as long as you're in the water. Once you leave the water, they go limp, just like the drones, just like the puppets. Uh, once you step in the water, they're active. Maybe water enhances it. And like I said before, maybe they have hmm. control of the water and they may use those properties with a mind control helmet. But I, I agree with you. I think the helmet just enhances the ability to mind control. Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so eventually you get you get those uh, 20 bodies, which kind of consists of you, 18 puppets, and one dead body, yeah. literally, uh, that you just drag from somewhere. And that opens the door into the... Uh, the nightclub? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what you need in order to get to a nightclub. You need one dead body. <laughs> and you can get your whole uh, gang there. You bring me 20 dead bodies and I'll let you into the club, young boy. <laughs> young boy. <laughs> I'm listening. So the nightclub in, in this scenario is, uh, is the bridge where uh, the music is so loud that it can actually kill you. Um, so the, the, the scary noise that we heard before and, and kind of alerted us turns out to be like this big sound wave that happened once every 10 seconds or so. Yeah, like a sonic boom. Yeah, and they just um, make everything fly. They can, if you don't have anything to hide behind before that boom comes, it will just blow you away and, and you'll have to restart. And the thing is, like, the sound comes, like, just before the boom. So, like, sometimes I heard the sound. I'm like, oh, great, let's, let's just move. And then, bam, like, I'd get hit with the sound wave. So, <laughs> it takes, like, a second. So, you you got to remember, yeah. you got to wait for everything to fly off the handle and then go. It's a very impressive area. Yeah, and because there's also those towers in the back with the antennas. And again, you know, like, this concept of yellow lights where yeah. you, you kind of see everywhere. Also on the mind-controlling helmets and... I think you, you also see them in the pods, you know, in the, in yeah, the active you do. pods. And on the orbs, uh, secret orbs that you find around. Oh, yeah, right. So there's definitely like the yellow light of uh, technology, you know, that also looming there from those antennas. And you need to make yourself through through that bridge and always find some, some place that you can hide. And you finally get to a closed room and then you see... A lot of... Um, test dummies, uh, crash test dummies. Yeah, that kind of sit in chairs and wait for something. And the moment that you click on some switch, then the entire room is being opened again and again. The the sound booms go over there and, and blow those those crash dummies away. And again, you need to, to hide behind some kind of a, a metal wall, which you kind of roll through the stage until you finally get to what you think is the end of the stage that you're done with those with those sound booms you get to an elevator start to go down then the sound boom hits again and the elevator breaks and and you drop to the water i gotta say that that part was like i'm not sure what i'm supposed to do do i need to wait do i need to to run uh, out of the elevator I, I, i wasn't sure and so the elevator crashes down to the water and you're about to drown. And somehow you get out of the elevator and, and swim not all the way 
back up, but to some kind of a, like an internal room that you have a, a vent to. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that part. Yeah, I remember that I got out and I literally started breathing like, like, <sighs> and, and, the, and the boy kind of did the same. Like you, kinda, you lose control <laughs> over him for a sec and you see him like crouches uh, forward and, and try to catch his breath because he, he nearly drowned. <laughs> yeah, I had to remind myself to breathe. I hated these these underwater parts. <laughs> yeah, it was very alarming. That that part also made me think you definitely have this elevator that was a hole when you started to go down with it. And there's this sound boom that pretty much wrecked it. So I think it tells us that this, those sound booms weren't there always, or, or at least they were better contained. Yeah, and we don't know what these sound booms are, and there are theories that maybe um, that's kind of followed the apocalypse that changed the world, and maybe those antennas that you mentioned harvest energy from it, and maybe it's a massive weapon that the corporation has developed, and maybe we can control it, maybe we don't, I don't know. After you get out from the sunken elevator and, and you get, the, probably the bridge connect was connected to some kind of base, but it now looks completely flooded. And, and again, you, you come across to with that, uh, with that water baby. I, I, I remember I, was, I just stood there and thought what I'm going to do. You, you're outside of the water and you're looking at the window and you just see it there. And it's not moving. It's kind of like those um, those zombie puppets that just turned off. But you know he's going to wake up, and you know he's going he's going to chase you. But you need to to continue. So, from the safety of, of dry land, you need to climb up and then go back to go back to the water and, and see it. And at first, it stays asleep. Then you continue sl- swimming to the right, and then of course it wakes up. And you need to swim as fast as you can and just grab a rope and climb out of the water in order for it to to just fall asleep again. And you kind of make uh, those kind of jumps again and again, and like from the rope to the water to another rope until you get to safety. I remember. I think. I think uh, that that's the puzzle that I was stuck on the most. It's a puzzle like that you have to time everything correctly and distract her, right? Yeah, where you're on a chain, you have to click on a button, then the chain moves like to the left. You have to touch the water with your legs in order for the water baby to, to oh, try, yeah, to yeah, try yeah. and come and get you. Yeah, I remember that. That was tough. It's like the same sort of concept as the one like with the dogs, how you have to sort of like get them to the other side and then, then go over the fence and then... Like kind of by yourself yeah. some time. yeah 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 but I, I I knew it was one of those things but I didn't understand what it wanted me to do but yeah that one took me like only only took me like five minutes but I was like jeez like help <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you think you're out of you're, you're you're in the clear you continue to another room then you start climbing on some kind of a broken stairway then it completely collapses and throws you back to the water. Uh, you fall to the water, you start stressing as hell as a player, right? The, the boys just want to get out of the water. Then that annoying water baby just grabs you and takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. And you see that the boys breathe out his last air bubbles and that water baby just takes you deeper and deeper. And everything starts to get dark. And suddenly you see again that yellow light blinking and it seems that the water baby takes that yellow light which is connected to some kind of apparatus and just sticks it to the boy's chest i think and it blinks for a couple of seconds then it just turns off the the apparatus just disconnects from the boy and you keep sinking until you hit the ground and then you suddenly wake up 
and you gain like full control over, over the boy again. But and suddenly we can breathe underwater. <laughs> Everything <laughs> connects. Yeah. So now you're underwater. You can breathe underwater. And there are a lot of fish and, and they follow you. Like the puppets or like the, the chicks. They, wherever you swim, they, they follow you. What I found even more interesting is that the moment that we sunk there, there's uh, this big light, I think, like this uh, spotlight. And, and I, I don't know, I, my first impression was like, oh, okay, we're, we're in an alien ship because that's definitely like an alien light. But then when I, when I looked a bit deeper, I saw that there are a lot of uh, VHS tapes, I think, just lying around there. And I doubt that aliens use VHS uh, tapes. There are also all kind of uh, bodies, I think, that, that you see that are... Yeah, when you sink down to the ground, there is one body there. And I think that every once in a while, it kind of twitches. Yeah, exactly. When, when you swim throughout that, that place, it's definitely some kind of a, of, a, of a lab. You see the remainders of all those examination rooms. There are papers and VHS tapes and all kind of uh, chairs that are in front of those chambers. Which eventually you see bodies in the in those chambers, like I think like water babies again, but but they're definitely were created by by that base, and and probably mm-hmm. when that base sunk, they they just got out. So yeah, and 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 you keep swimming through, and there's this part with the propellers that you're swimming between them and and grabbing to those handles in order not to get sucked and and shredded to pieces. I know that that, that kind of also made me think like that's definitely an, uh, a spaceship that just got sunken. But I guess it's uh, like you also need propellers to uh, move a ship or maybe just clear water supplies or air. So I, I, I just wanted to ask, how, how did you guys feel with the with the whole, uh, you know, being uh, revived underwater and, and being able to breathe again? Well, I haven't had the experience in, um, in life yet, but I'm waiting for that plot twist. <laughs> Um, no, it was really good, I thought. I thought um, it was just so unexpected. And then it made the next puzzles all really weird. So, no, it was, it was a good twist, actually. I thought it came at, like, perfect time. I think it's the only automated part in the game where you sink and you don't have any control over the character. Even when it's still breathing, you can't move, you can't do anything, you can just watch. And waking up, being able to, to swim and, and breathe underwater, I don't know how to interpret it Today, I mean, even after watching the alternate ending, I don't know really what it means, but just that the, the, the corporation, they can make you breathe underwater. Or, uh, they have the technology and, and just everything is connected and they've been expecting you. I don't know. It's hard to say. So we're in the facility entrance and we're kind of back into civilization. And one of the first things that we're seeing is floating water, which is kind of weird. We, we're seeing all these uh, devices with pipes that go up, and we just see water above us that those pipes connect to something, and it's not, in, and we're not entirely sure to what to what they're connected. So now we're doing we're doing a, a puzzle in order to to get up there. I think that that was the the puzzle that you mentioned earlier, Peter, the, the one with the. Um, with uh, you know activating uh, two different uh, boxes, the jet ones that you need to yep, in order to get up. Still haunts me. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are boxes there throughout the game. 
they have like a lever on top and you can stand on it and pull the lever and then you got like three or four seconds before it thrusts uh, upwards. At this specific puzzle, you have to time a couple of boxes and jump from one to the other. Is this the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one I got stuck on, yeah. <laughs> you need two boxes in order to get to the top and into the and start swimming in the water. So um, so now you can... I, f- I feel like... I feel like I'm in like the police station looking at like a bunch of puzzles that just walked in on the lineup. I'm like, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one who spent 20 minutes taunting me. (laughs) Take him to jail. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, so you go up to the, to the floating water and because, and because you know, you can breathe underwater. It doesn't, you're not alarmed anymore. You can stay there as much as you want. You can take in all the view and the view is quite something to take because all those pipes kind of connect to helmets that are worn by um, just bodies that are also upside down in in the water and um, those bodies are also again kind of swarming with with worms probably the same worms that we saw um, like eight eight parts ago in the in the farm, so we see all those uh, worms there, and and you know that kind of comes comes in line with with what you said, Peter, about uh, about you know reusing dead bodies as cheap labor force. Like we we see those bodies that were infested with. Um, I'm not sure if those are mind controlling worms or maybe just you no know, worms from. Um, de- decaying but, but worms but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know those, all those children that that weren't educated enough to not put not put worms in their butts are now uh, hanging upside down in that facility i don't know but but it kind of uh, for me like because that those worms were, are kind of related to mind control and again we see those those bodies are are upside down and connected to to those uh, uh mind controlling uh, helmets then I, I'm not sure, but kind of feel like there's there's a there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. And right here, somewhere around here, there's a puzzle where Peter wanted to talk about with the anti-gravity water that you have to kind of find a way to swim in. And um, what's important about that puzzle is that you you view that puzzle through a glass, through kind of a looking glass, kind of a, from a, an examination room. Yeah, is that the one you were talking about, Peter? Yeah, that one was my favorite after. After recovering from the PTSD of the jumping boxes, uh, this one was just awesome. Like, it did take me probably, like, five minutes, but it was a fun one because, like, looking through the looking glass, like, the I imagine it would be a two-sided mirror, but maybe not, I don't know. But um, we were looking through the, obviously, the glass side. So it kind of looked like something I would put little drone puppet uh, robot zombies through their tests, you know, like, to Mm -hmm. see... Oh, that's interesting. You know, to hone their um butt worm uh finesse <laughs> as we'll say <laughs> um <laughs> you know oh like look uh this this number 38 could do it you know put more of those worms in butts and <laughs> you know you know how like, i don't need to go through logistics you guys get how it works um <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah it would it seem like sort of like, what's that game show american ninja warrior seemed a little bit like yeah. that but yeah no it was really yeah. fun using the um the anti-gravity water to like float across and yeah that was that was a fun one i thought 
Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. One of my favorite puzzles as well. It took me a few minutes and I was so proud when I got it around it, when I got past it. But again, just the, the thing that with the, the, the viewing angle from the office, um, it kind of makes you feel that they've been watching you maybe from even earlier stages than, than that one. But, um, you know. Yeah, that this is all a test. Yeah. I think in this, in this part, you kind of make your way through and you get in, into the research facility. I, th- I think something interesting that, that I, we haven't mentioned before is that after we got the ability to breathe underwater and we saw that whole sunken base, there's the number three everywhere uh, on, on, on the, the windows, walls, on the walls. On the floor. Yeah. That was the the research facility number three, and now after after you know getting into into that area, we see that the number four is everywhere. Zero four. We couldn't see one and two anywhere, right? Maybe two at some places, but it was rare. But we never see one. I actually don't remember, but yeah, I don't think we see. I don't think we saw one. No, but from three three and four, you get to see quite a lot. Yeah, I think one of the first things that you see in the in the research facility is, is something that uh, you know you mentioned before. You see again a cage filled with those uh, zombie puppets, and um, yeah. and then the door is opened, and you see a guy in a forklift that that comes and takes the that cage with puppets. But not not far from him, you see a man standing with his child, and again they're like inspecting the the whole uh, the whole scenario. And I don't know, like, I, I think I saw a video about it afterwards when, when the forklift, you know, kind of kind draws back and, and the door begins to, to close, the child that follows his um, father, I guess, kind of turns back to have another glance before, before the door closes. Oh, really? I missed it. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of it felt eerie, like maybe he knew that we were there or, or was kind of feeling something. And again, like the... Oh, the that's interesting. Yeah, and, and and you know again that the the concept of of children being all around this whole uh, very uh, industrial line that pretty much creates a uh, human, I don't know slaves or something like that. It's um, I, I don't yeah. kind of give me gave me the chills, and and it kind of also made me think is is that the reason why why our character is a child and not and not like a grown man or how how, do, how does it relate to us? What what is how how, how does it help explain the world that that we're running through. You, we continue, we continue on, on our path, and then we get uh, inside some water. That this time, when we swim down, we realize that uh, you know we, we go to the water in a regular way. It looks like though the water are just uh, at the bottom uh, of of uh, the scenario, and then we when we swim down, we realize it's again like anti gravity water that that is above another uh, another place. And we see again the upside down bodies, and we see a couple of uh, of men, corporation workers or whatever, or maybe scientists. Yeah, just doing something, talking to each other, and then then just leaving. And when we swim down, there's a, a lever there that brings the water up. So when the water go go up, then all the bodies that are connected to the to the helmets just fall. So it's starting to literally, uh, it's raining men. All kind of, uh, of bodies <laughs> just uh, keep on falling, and they pretty much immediately get up and start following you, like the fish and like the chicks. But this time you're not wearing any helmet; they're just they're just after you. And again, something that I don't know, I, I found a bit disturbing is that they're pretty broken. I mean, some of them don't even yeah. have their head 
uh, fully on. Like maybe their head is completely. No, they're missing limbs. Yeah, or their head is broken off. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And I think that the hand that's broken off kind of tries to crawl towards you as well. Yeah, they're they're all there for you. <laughs> There's people out there with with this fetish, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You keep going with those uh, with those uh, broken puppets, and you find some other puppets on your way. And you find a couple that that before they join you, you can still see them working, doing some very mundane work like sweeping floors or watching something. And then they just like leave it and and join you. They they must be still controlled by somewhere or something, or maybe they they just like on a very basic autopilot before realizing that they want to join you <laughs> like there's this part where where there's a big uh big hole that they throw you above and and then you can continue and when you keep walking right they all <laughs> they all just fall into that pit <laughs> i i felt really bad i was like uh well that was fun see ya <laughs> started running to uh, continue running to the right and then realized i can't pass because there's there's a big window there but when you look out outside of the window, you see uh, there's this very big entrance, very far away, and and you see like those uh, lone characters, single characters, just one one at a, at a time, just running this very big distance and going through that uh, that entrance. Like you you felt that something is happening. I re- I remember when I first saw it, I, I thought, wait, maybe maybe this. Maybe this is me. Maybe this is like a repeat of of the boy that maybe I'm going to go to that entrance. I didn't think of that. Nice. Yeah, but it's I mean, not. I, we'll later find out that yeah. it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, I know. Yeah, but it's interesting. <laughs> so uh, you keep doing a couple of other puzzles and and you go down and you get into this office that was very obviously very recently occupied. You see that there's an ashtray that. With with, uh, with some cigarettes that still has smoke around it, and you actually go to uh, at the ed- end of the room, you see this uh, phone that is connected to the wall. You know the the phone itself still bounces with the wire, like it was just recently dropped before everyone just ran out of the room. Yeah, expected to see like a spinning chair or something. Yeah. You keep going and you get to those examination rooms where uh, examination, well, it's not exactly rooms, but there are a lot of chairs that are directed to those um, glass cages. Very, I don't know, it kind of it kind of reminded me of uh, Westworld. Did you see Westworld? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. It's on my to-do list. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, anyway, so those chambers where, where there are some... Again, zombie puppets that are doing something, and probably people would have just sat on the on the chairs and looked at them. You kind of feel you're you're in the heart of it, right? And you keep running, right? Then suddenly, I saw someone that starts running from behind me, so I just you know just sprinted, and then I realized that he wasn't even interested at the boy. He wasn't even interested in our character. He was just running towards something else. Yeah, at first it seems like he's chasing you, but no, he's stumbling over chairs and he's not even looking at you. He's just running the same way you are. Yeah. And he's a scientist. He's wearing like a suit and everything. And up until now, whenever you see anyone that's conscious, they're trying to kill you or at least stop you. Yeah, I bet the developers of the game did it on purpose. Like they, they kind of trained you the whole game that if you see something that, that runs behind you, you should run. And they, they just try to spook us off. <laughs> it has to be on purpose because... 
We'll talk about it later, but at that point, all you think of is escaping and running away and, and you know, you're, you're not really focused on the background. And at that area, there's one of the most interesting secrets of the game, which again, I'll, I'll talk about later. Yeah. You follow that man that, that is running and, and joins this very big crowd that they just all press against this glass window and look on what, what is inside. And everyone is looking inside, including your character, but you as a player can't can see it. I, I thought that was like, that was brilliant. Usually it's the other way around, right? Like you as a player, you know more than, than the characters around you. And this, <laughs> this scenario was the other way around. Everyone knew was, what's going on except us. That's where I got stuck the most <laughs> uh, during this whole game. <laughs> Because that's not exactly a puzzle, but you run towards the right. You see other people run towards the right. And then you get to the window and you see like 20 or 30 scientists and people in suits looking inside that window. And you can't see anything through that window. And I was just waiting. I thought, okay, any minute now, something's going to happen. Mm. And I was just standing there and I was waiting and one minute passed and another minute passed. And then I figured, oh, maybe I'm supposed to do something. Maybe I'm supposed to trigger it. So I started clicking all the buttons and trying to talk to the scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe there's a button to like pull at their sleeves and go like, hey, man, what are we waiting for? And then... Because if there's something in this game that works, it's conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. <laughs> uh, so I was waiting there for like five or six minutes and then I figured out maybe... That's not what she's supposed to do. While you were running, there's um, a letter that you missed, and I climbed it and, you know, went on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you climb that letter and, and you go through some ventilation pipes and, and you kind of reach the top of the chamber that everyone is looking at. And again, you see like people are looking from above uh, on what's inside it. You can't still see what's in. So you go back to the ventilation system again and you go down Then you see like the whole chamber that everyone is looking uh, inside, but from another side, which is just metal and, and completely blocked. And eventually you drop, go to a pool and, and activate some kind of, a, I don't know, like filtering mechanism or which kind of sucks you and you find yourself inside that, that chamber that everyone, that everyone is looking into. And you can see everyone, you can see everyone through the window and they're looking at you. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Like you're being sucked. Probably the first thing that I've noticed is that For some reason, your character loses all of its clothes. Suddenly you're completely naked and there are a lot of people that are looking into and, and you can see them. And you're not entirely sure what you're supposed to do. You do what you do um, <laughs> you do in, every in all the parts of the game. You start going right. And the moment that you do it, you face this blob of limbs with hands and heads and legs sticking out of it. And it's connected to a lot of... Um, mind control helmets. Yeah. Well, at, at first, I didn't, I didn't understand that uh, there are mind control helmets. Oh, yeah. really? I mean, it looked like, uh, again, those uh, apparatuses with yellow lights. I, I, I first thought it was like the apparatus that the water baby stuck to the boy's chest that helped him breathe underwater. But when pulling some of them off, you see that uh, they kind of built like the, the mind controlling helmets. So you pull one, and every time you pull, uh, so you pull it, and, and the blob kind of twitches. Then you pull the second one. Then when you pull the third one out of four, your character is being sucked into that blob. And the moment that happens, the blob kind of shakes and twitches, 
and gets free from the fourth uh, wire that that, that is uh, connected to. And the moment that happens, you gain full control over the blob. And you can just swim around that container. You can see where all the people are looking at you. And you can pull some kind of... Um, it's kind of like of an electric box. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you kind of pull that box and breaks the window. And water and you included just spills out, also killing a couple of, of those scientists that, that were watching. But everyone, everyone is running, just panicked. Can we take a second to, uh, to appreciate the blob? I mean, the first second you lay your eyes on it, you, you, you realize how crazy things are because it's bigger than you. It's definitely made of human parts um and it's it's just weird it gives this weird game if an even weirder feeling and then you get to control it and can i say i mean it's just animated so so beautifully i mean it's animated in a way that's so convincing you actually are convinced that this thing can exist because it looks natural you know it looks it moves naturally yeah. it moves beautifully i thought it was good that it actually moved with legs rather than just like rolling around you know uh-huh the 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 lower part has legs once you're out of the water and you actually start running around controlling it and then if you accidentally tip over and um, roll around, then the legs get kind of sucked in and pop back out again from below you to, to lift you. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And, and you also hear the, the moan of everyone inside that organism. But uh, another thing that I wanted to mention is that it's so quiet and peaceful while, while you're in the, in the container that is filled with water and you can swim around. And the moment that you break through the glass, like... There's so much noise. You can actually feel the panic. Everyone is screaming and running. And you, when you just start running forward as the blob, you can't help but just smash everything around you. And, and that makes the panic even even greater. Um, just hear broken glass yeah, you break and, and glass, screams. You break walls. You break everything. Yeah, and you just pass through. And while as the boy, you couldn't lift pretty much anything you would always need some puppets that uh, will come and, and help you lift it. As a blob, you can do pretty much anything. You can just rip doors from their places and, and just keep on running through. And the crazy thing is that like suddenly, like for the first time in the game, you start running in the other direction. I don't know, that, that kind of blew my mind because you know, you, you, you've been playing this game for a couple of hours. You always go right. Couple of hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of us have been playing it more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're running left and you fall and you, you kind of descend a few levels. Yeah, you first descend to like this office space and there are a lot of people that are standing there just frozen with fear. Then you crash to another level and there you need to find out what you're going to do. So now pretty much starts the part where you need to solve a couple of puzzles as the blob in order to get out. There, there's this place where you rip a door and, and you go to like this executive office and, he, and he's kind of scared and he, and he stands very close to the window because he, he has nowhere to escape. And you just stamp it towards him and break the window with him and, and you both fall and you just crash. On him. There's a, a big blob of blood left on you. Yeah. yeah. 
It takes a while to get that off. <laughs> yeah, because there's no not a drop of blood or even red through the entire game, and suddenly, like as the blob, you you're you know you're filled with blood, and, and there's a, a water pool where you can try to wash it off, but everything becomes very real, very fast, very very violent. Another thing that that I found was interesting is that when you fall and you kind of crash. You got some parts that are um, disconnected from the blob but if you if you stick around you see that they still move and they still want to come back to you and that was very interesting especially when when thinking about like what we talked so far when when where the chicks followed you and the fish followed you and and also the zombie puppets following you again we had like these kind of organisms that want to keep following you as the blob. So, so the boy was kind of part of the blob or the blob was part of the boy. We'll, we'll discuss it in a sec. And another interesting thing is that while running out, you keep seeing people. Like there's also a, a part where you run through the cafeteria and uh, you need to click on all kinds of buttons in order to open doors and get out. And you keep getting not only watched, they always crowd around and, and just watching you to see what you can do, but they also help you. Like there's one part where you get those boxes that you can uh, pull the handle and then they, they just jet up. And as the blob, you can't pull uh, the handle. So you can actually take that box and throw it to some engineer, which clicks on the handle for you, then throws the crate back to you. They actually are helping you. I was incredibly confused at that point because you're obviously killing them and they're afraid of you, but they're also helping you to get out. Just a sec before the the last part of the game, you're entering this very dark room and you see this box hanging from the ceiling. When you're standing and trying to get it, you realize it's being used as a bait. When you're trying to get to that box, the platform uh, you're standing on just being opened and you fall again to a water container. And before that, where you fell from closes, you can see a lot of people uh, just rounding up and, and watching. So, so they kind of lured you into that place and they wanted to, to catch you again. They, they also used bait because they knew how much you love those jet boxes. Even before you fall, you can see people sitting there like in a theater, like watching you as if they're watching something interesting. And you see in the front row, you see kids sitting there and watching you try to get the bait. Oh, really? I didn't see it. Yeah, it, it's totally dark. But if you look closely, you can see it. Again, you can see kids. Ooh. That's even, that's even uh, more eerie. So when again you're in the water container, you can start pulling like those plates out of out of the walls of your container, and eventually you find this drain that you can that you can pull and and just get into. Then you go out and out of that that laboratory or whatnot. Then you just find yourself out in the wild again and just rolling, rolling, rolling down the hill until. Eventually, you find yourself on a seashore, I think, just right next to... Yeah, the edge of a lake or something. And you're just resting on a beam of light, and the blob is like barely breathing. You have no control over the blob anymore. You know, you're just watching it for a minute or two, and then the credits start on top of, of that view. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was quite a journey. I, I gotta say that I, I got just... I just watched. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do <laughs> when, when uh, you know, the blob just sitting there, and it's obviously still alive because you can still see it's breathing or or moving a bit. Yeah, but, just but, taking a rest. Yep. Yeah, but but you can't you can't like shake the question. What now? <laughs> I mean, what what is it going to do now? It, how how can it end like this? 
Did we get out? From the outside. I think one of the things that we, we wanted to start speculating about is what exactly is this blob? Why <laughs> does it exist? Was it function? Why is everybody so curious about it? And is the blob's escape is also kind of, you know, orchestrated by, by that facility? Because we do see that model of the sandy shores and even the, even the beam of light. So what do you guys think? When I played it, I got into the blob and started running around and doing everything that kind of leads you to the end of the game. And I ran through that diorama bit where you kind of see the end of the life of the blob in a diorama. You see the hill where you roll down on, you see the lake shore where you end up on, and you see the beam of light. So it's definitely planned, but I missed it. I ran through it. And I totally thought that this was a good ending, that we got out, that even if we died or are so wounded and hurt that we can't move anymore, we got out and that's what matters. But uh, now we know that it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. What did you think, Peter? Um, well, with some things I kind of think I know the answer to, to this stuff, but this one's more, I think it's more of a competition who can think of the most creative thing that <laughs> makes sense of it all. But um, no, I thought there has to be something special about the boy because everyone else seemed to be sort of off in their own world and the boy was going through it all. So whatever theory we come up with, it has to sort of make the boy's presence fit into the whole system somehow. So best of luck. I know that the creator of the game talked about Limbo, that's the earlier project by Bladed, plenty of times. He said that he likes the fact that his stories don't really have a meaning, that you can't really unfurl them and know exactly what he meant. He likes to leave everything sense. open. Yeah, I thought, I thought he would say something like that, yeah. I don't know if that's the case with Inside, but I'll talk about it a bit later. But, like, there must be a story. I mean, he probably didn't create something completely random. There is some some kind of, uh, you know, motives that repeat throughout the game. So I, I wonder, like, does the creators of the game have... Do they know exactly what the whole picture is? Peter, did you see the alternate ending to the game? I know there is one, but I didn't see it. Did you guys both see it? I didn't manage to get it, not through my first playthrough, but I watched it on YouTube. Barrett, do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. For me, I know that that's what made the game a real experience. I played Limbo first, right? So I, Limbo also had like those uh, Easter eggs that you, you could have collected, but they don't really affect anything about the game. I, I kind of guess that there is a similar thing in inside. And there's, um, I think like the third orb that you can collect is kind of easy to find. <laughs> like I, I first realized that you need to find them when I got to it, and I, and I understood that I probably missed a couple. I cannot try to focus about what's in plain sight because I didn't expect something really special because Limbo didn't have any. And then when going to YouTube and starting to see the secret ending or the alternative ending, then things uh, started to come together. Just to share with our listeners, you collect those orbs throughout the game and pretty much very next to the end where you get to the container with the blob, there's this ladder that takes you to some kind of a grassy field that at the edge of it, there's a huge orb, kind of like the ones you saw throughout the game, but a very big one and you can get inside it. But the thing is that you don't exactly see what's inside it. Your view is blocked. You don't exactly see what you're doing. You know what, I think the orb is open only if you collected all 13 uh, oh, really? orbs uh, thro throughout the game. Cool. Yeah, and if you do like the same action as you did before of, you know, disconnecting, then the the lights start to blink. 
yeah the big orb kind of turns off yeah exactly and there's this sign behind you that has a light for each orb that you disconnected throughout the game and that sign kind of turns off and then the second light that kind of refers to the second orb uh, lights on and that kind of leaves you there when you don't really understand what exactly it's it's trying to say so at this point like you disconnected the last orb and you go down there you're being sucked by the blob and, and you finish the game and that kind of what I don't know, kind of blew my mind. To get the secret ending, you actually, you'll have to restart the game and then go to the second orb that you disconnected. That is the second light on the orb sign. Actually, you don't have to start a new game. You can go to the main menu and you can load an earlier checkpoint. It doesn't save anything if you go to an earlier checkpoint except the orbs. So going back to the beginning of the second stage, the farm, Uh, where you go through the cornfield that we that we mentioned before downstairs to this shelter where you also have uh, uh, a dark room a dark room yeah there there's a handle that when you push it kind of makes sounds and and that connects to the previous thing that we discussed about where you have to record the order of, of some scary sounds and that is the place that you need to play them using that control to just repeat the that noise that you got from the city when you do it then the door on your right opens and you again continue running right like you did throughout the game and you go through this dark passage and eventually arrive at the room where you see in the background that there's again this mind controlling helmet kind of like a control room yeah, it looks like a central hub or something yeah exactly and And when you keep going right you you just end up at a wall that you can go through but there is this vent that you can pull out and behind it you kind of see like this electric socket and here comes the really interesting part the moment that you pull that electric plug out then not only that the whole control room behind you kind of shuts down but you lose control over the boy he kind of slumps down yeah he doesn't die but he kind of shuts down and then the game ends yeah. the game just ends and you know I, I first saw it without narration so I, I had a couple of minutes to try and think what it said and I don't know it came to me and it was very clear that what the game developers tried to tell us is that they kept talking about mind controlling themes throughout the game and they showed us uh, several times that it doesn't have to be direct mind control it can be we saw that you can control like one zombie puppet and use it to control another zombie puppet if you have enough mind controlling helmets to get there and what we kind of saw there is pretty much exactly it we control the boy and, and the boy didn't have uh, an existence of itself it kind of told us that we are part of the game and we are controlling the boy and this whole thing is just a test for us I don't know it kind of it kind of blew my mind because it broke the fourth wall it made me feel that I was part of the game I am the subject of all these tests and kind of put everything together because th- what the game wanted me to do is to play it is to get through the end And, and be sucked into the blob and, and end up at the, at the shores and see the credit. But the way to really end the game is to just exit this loop because you can always play the game and you can always always repeat it. but disconnecting from it, that was the real ending and it kind of gave me the chills you know. <laughs> Peter, what do you think about this? I thought the alternate ending might have been like 
somewhat attached to the real ending, but that sounds kind of wacky, but kind of interesting that you lose control of the boy. I think there's some people that think after the boy in the original ending, after the boy goes into the water, that's when the blob sort of has like mind control powers over the boy. And then from that point, you're the blob controlling the boy. So kind of fits in with something like that. When we saw the blob for the first time, it had four things attached to it. Do you think it was controlling all the other puppets and us, the boy? I've been looking at theories all day, and all of them are kind of just pointing towards, like, the blob controlling the boy. And then when the boy comes, it's like a prison prison escape, but the boy's just trying to help the blob escape. But obviously not to his own free will, because um, the blob's just mind-controlling him. But I don't know how that works, because obviously the boy doesn't have a mind-control hat or anything on most of the time. But I think because the boy seems so sort of more direction driven like he seems less controlled than most of the other people walking around the offices because they seem a little bit like brain dead so i'm thinking yeah. maybe the maybe it started out sort of getting into my theory here but maybe maybe the blob's controlling the office people and the boys trying to like save the whole operation or something like that so hmm, that's interesting maybe it started out like a innocent sort of oh let's try to make a blob and then like it's taken over the whole facility and then they're just sending in little boys in just to try to <laughs> try to do something about it when you first encounter the blob you see it's connected to all kind not only to a couple of mind controlling devices you know with the yellow light like we saw previously in the game but it's, it's also connected to this mechanical stem that held it and that kind of made me think that maybe the blob was used you know for mind controlling big parts of the game but also maybe this whole thing was in order to control the boy from so far away because you had to go through hell and back in order to get to the blob but eventually when the blob is being disconnected and you control it throughout the game then you don't really have any control over the people you see it and again it kind of seems that their interests are not aligned like uh, you're you're definitely trying to get out the people are trying to lock you down and, and to test you i don't think that the blob is controlling the other people in the office but i think it definitely has a function in that world society i don't know may maybe they planned on getting the blob to control all the puppets maybe that was the aim of that research center instead of having like people to operate the zombie puppets maybe they wanted the blob to just create all of them all at once I don't know, it kind of works with what you said, but the fact that when you're running away as the blob, you get to see a few scientist people kind of helping you, and, and the fact that you end up in a place where they plan for you to end up. There's a theory that says that maybe the boy, it's part of the test for the blob, you know? They're testing to see if the blob is developed enough and in control that he can get the boy all the way through the tests. And maybe the fact that you end up running away out of the facility and end up where they planned you to be, maybe that's kind of a successful test. Maybe the prototype is ready? Yeah, it's interesting. I wish they, they'll do a sequel, but there's no chance. I think they, it's, it's like too good to leave it hanging like this. Yeah, I don't think they're the type of people to continue a story. I think it's a contained story. Yeah, I don't think it yeah, ended I, on a cliffhanger. I think it's no. like deliberately meant to be have closure, even if it doesn't wrap up all the loose ends. It's just seemed quite definitive. Yeah. So there are plenty of puzzles left inside the game or in, and outside of it, which I'll get to, that are still unsolved. There's kind of a theory that if you solve all the puzzles that Plated have um, left out in the wild, then maybe you can get to understanding the entire story of the game. So maybe, maybe there's more. But let me start with um, kind of a bit of an interesting part. 
Do you remember the part where um, we're running towards the right, obviously, <laughs> and um, there's a bunch of other scientist people and running kind of near us, and then you end up near that window yeah. with all the other scientist guys looking towards the blob. You can't see the blob, but later you find out that that's what you're looking at. So when you're running towards the right, you get all these distractions, all the other people running around you, and um, you kind of don't look at the background as much as you used to throughout the game. But if you stop there, in one of the kind of a testing rooms that you, you see there, standing in the middle of a testing chamber, there's a printer just sitting there. It kind of prints page after page after page until it runs out of ink. And uh, I think they left it in plain sight, but surrounded by distractions, so it's very easy to miss. I think they did it on purpose. Now, this printer seems to be printing kind of decipherable codes, you know? It prints symbols, we know it's a puzzle. The PC version of the game and the PS4 version has a printer printing dots, dashes, and slashes. Kind of looks like Morse code. If you look in the files of the game, it also is referred to as Morse code, so that's how I'll call it. The Switch version and I think the iOS version of the game prints either fully black or fully blank pages, but it kind of looks like code. And some people have collected all the codes and started trying to decipher them to see what they stand for. People have started trying to decipher the codes. The PC and the PS4 ones are similar. No one has managed to solve the puzzle of the PC and the PS4 codes, but Someone has tried to guess, and I'll get to how they managed to find the solution soon, but if you decipher it, you get the message that says life detected, which is very interesting. The Xbox Morse code puzzle have been solved. I don't know how people have solved it, I'm not smart enough to get it, but you can uh, decipher it and it says new planet discovered. The iOS version has been deciphered and it says multiple probes dispatched. Ooh, creepy. <laughs> yeah, which really points at a, a much bigger story than what you get in the game. And then the Switch Morse codes have been deciphered. It says CTRL con discon, which stands for controller connect disconnect. This leads to another part of the puzzle where you disconnect and connect your Switch controllers in a specific order. And then if you do it, the printer prints six sets of new strings that stands for RGB values, uh, red, green, blue values, which I'll get back to a little later. Wow. Um, anyway, um, I'll get back to this in a bit, but let's look at website. I don't remember the date, but at some point they added a printer symbol to their website. If you go to the website right now, that's playdead.com. I'm actually going there. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> at the top part, you'll see like a Twitter button and a Facebook button. And on the right, there's a printer button and it didn't used to be there. Now, if you click on it, you get to print this page, but it adds a message in the middle. In the middle of the page, you'll see just <laughs> in regular font, regular type, you'll just see the message, no message received. Now, if you look in the middle of the page, you'll see a sign up for updates field where you can input your email address. If you put in your email address and click subscribe, you'll get messages from Plated just like you usually would. But if you enter just, I don't know, just gibberish there, just a few letters in there, and you click the printer button, you'll get the message wrong message received. Now, if you put in the codes that we got earlier from the other puzzles, life detected, new planets discovered, or multiple probes dispatched, you'll get images. Sometimes you'll get like fuzzy images that I think maybe you have to manipulate them somehow and get messages out of. But if you input uh, multiple probes dispatched, you'll get a picture from what is assumed to be Playdead's next project, the third game in the series, if it is a series really. Now, this is all interesting, but if you input your email address and you click the printer button instead of the subscribe button, you get a mail, uh, an email from someone called Anthony T. Cetrinamer or something like that, which, interesting enough, his profile picture is a picture of a printer, which is kind of weird. 
And the email he sends you is kind of a binary code that if you uh, decipher it, it seems to be a progress report of some kind. Now, if you look his name up in Google, Anthony T. Citrinomer, the first result is um, a YouTube live stream by a user of the same name. And that live stream has ended on December 6th of 2017. And if you go there right now, you kind of see an image that looks like maybe code is embedded into it. I don't know. People have theorized that maybe this stream will come back to life one day. I don't know. Now, the name of the stream is Terminal 41 Emergency Comms Transmission, which if you look up on Google, you'll get to a website that's called terminal41.link, which I recommend that you go into and look at your URL bar. Your URL bar kind of looks like a loading bar. It says load complete, and then you get a blank page that says all systems hibernating, which is totally weird. <laughs> There's something bigger going on. <laughs> right now, it's hibernating, but before it was hibernating, someone managed to extract a big, big picture. I think it was black and white. It was uh, huge in dimensions, and you can find all the information on how they solved the puzzle, but I don't really understand it. They've manipulated the picture, they used the RGB codes that we got earlier from the Switch version Morse puzzle, and they ended up with six pixelated pictures, each in a different color, that when you put them one on top of the other, you get a picture, which I'm going to send to you guys right now, you get a picture that looks kind of like a planet, a scan of a planet. Maybe this is a new planet discovered that we uh, heard about earlier in the, the, in the Morse codes that have been deciphered. And if you manipulate this picture some more, you get a picture that is black and white with some, I don't know, a line of code. Wait, I'll tell you what it says. It says uh, repo slash sys slash activate shutdown protocol slash a bunch of numbers and letters. There's, there's something here. What do you think so far, Peter? Like what? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Ah, oh, um, like I, I know Easter eggs, right? I know like yeah. when people see movies and like, oh, did you know that if you pause a scene here and, you know, I hope the nuclear codes are kept this safe because this is, this is, <laughs> in, this is insane. Although now I have another feeling that like some of these things like New Planet Discovered or gone into hibernation these things are very vague so i'm kind of thinking maybe playdead have just got skeleton stuff and they're just thinking like oh, what kind of weird <laughs> shit can we throw people just to like throw them <laughs> off the trail you know like it's really easy to think of just absolutely like weird sort of off the cuff remarks so i'm thinking maybe it's not but i find it hard to believe if someone went to all this effort to like hide these codes it must mean something so Listen, there are more puzzles that have been left unsolved. Once you get puzzles that, you know, relate to our universe, like a website that's in our universe and you get emails from someone, this is called Alternative Reality Gaming, or ARG for short. And um, if you look up Plated's Inside ARG Wiki, there's a wiki for all of these puzzles, but the community that tries to solve these puzzles is very small. There are a few people on Discord who are working on it, but it's not really active. There's a bunch of puzzles. There's a Rorschach design, the Ford Cipher uh, trigger elevator start event. There's more puzzles that we know about, but there's no information on them because no one's working on it. And people have looked into the files of the game and they found some information that may lead to think that there's a third ending to the game. Now, no one's managed to find the third ending, but some people have theorized that if you find all the information from all of these puzzles, maybe some information that will be hidden in their next game, maybe then there'll be enough information for you to find the third ending, or at least, if not a third ending, enough information to understand the story of the universe of the game. Oh, that, that's crazy. 
I thought the alternate reality was the game, but now I realize it's something completely different. So Yeah, it's something within our reality. I think they did a brilliant work. While we're talking, I kind of went into the sites that you mentioned, both uh, Playdeads and, and the Terminal 41.link. And it's super intriguing because I kind of used a bit of my uh, programming skills. So I got a bit into the code and I can definitely see that there's something up. I got into the Terminal 41 link. There's a tool called Fiddler, which is a, a network capturing tool where you can see like requests that, that are going through the browser. I got into the, the Terminal 41.link and you can see like the requests that it's very neatly simulated that something is loading and you can see it in the address bar and eventually you get this error page that, that says what you said before, all systems hibernating. And that is really, really something. <laughs> Listen, there's a list of puzzles left unsolved. There's a lot of work to do here and either it's not interesting to anyone or it's just hidden too well. It's amazing what they've done here. Yeah. Maybe someday, maybe with the next game, all the information will be out. I'm dying to know what's going on. I've been deep into this in the last couple of weeks. I've been looking at everything, every piece of information that I can find. All the YouTube videos that talk or review or um, try to analyze the game. No one's talking about this ARG things. No one's talking about these puzzles. I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish more people would be working on it because I want to know what's up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's, it's a couple of levels above everything else in the game because it's so complicated. It's not like theorizing if, whether the blob is controlling the boy or the other way around. It's like there's a printer in the back <laughs> and it kind of tells us that it's part of our <laughs> universe. And the printer is just one of the codes hidden throughout the game. There's the Ford cipher, I think. You can look it up. There are numbers hidden throughout the game that if you put them together, you get kind of another code, another puzzle that if you decipher it, you get bits from poems, from famous poems. I don't know, maybe there is information hidden there as well. What if all the codes oh, just go into different puzzles and then they go into different puzzles and then it's just a never-ending never puzzle? <laughs> Yep, yeah, it, it may be. <laughs> no, crazy. I don't know, it kind of makes me feel that what we visually see in the game, you know, um, the boy and the blob and everything is just just a small part of really the story that they're the telling. The tip of the iceberg of, yeah. of what yeah, yeah. the creators have sort of jammed into this game. I love this game. I'm totally excited for every bit of new information about it. Also, it's possible that the third ending that people have theorized exists. Maybe it's just deleted content from the game. Maybe it's something they cut before they release the game. It may be all entirely nothing. <laughs> I don't want to believe that. I don't know. I really want to know if there's an answer to everything, if there's a story, if there's something more. I don't know. Uh, okay, cool. So next episode, in episode four, we'll be talking about Jaws. I think it came out in 1975. And um, Steven Spielberg, a big, big movie director. I think it's hard to miss him. <laughs> and I went over his uh, the list of movies he's directed. There's a lot of big names there, but I've only seen one of his movies. I think it was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Indiana Jones movie. But I've missed a bunch of his movies. And have you guys watched a lot of his movies? I haven't seen a lot of his, to be honest. I haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark or any of the um, Indi Old Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah, so I haven't even seen Jurassic Park. So me neither. Um, <laughs> the only the only one I saw recently by him was um, Ready Player One. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, nope. I saw it. Yeah, that was really fun. Actually, that was about um, sort of virtual reality gaming sort of thing. So cool. um, that's pretty insane. Set in the future. So not bad. 
Anyway, Jaws, I think it's one of uh, Steven Spielberg's earlier successes. And honestly, I didn't want to choose a movie. I suggested we talked about the producer in the first episode, and I really wanted to choose something else. I wanted to choose... I had a book in mind and a couple of albums, but we'll get to them one day because the moment I thought about doing Jaws, I kind of felt like it's the right way to go. It's a big, big movie. It's definitely a classic. It had a lot of impact on the world of movies, and I really want to watch it. I really want to talk about it. I always kind of thought that it's a fun summer adventure movie, kind of, but now that I'm looking at it... I think it's more on the horror side. Have you guys watched Jaws at all? I saw it when I was um, a wee bit younger, but it's definitely a thriller. I think if you can cool. s- like sort of separate um, thriller and horror, I think it's closer to thriller because it's like got a lot of suspense and stuff, but there's not much like gore or anything like that. It's just cool. edgy seat sort of, you know, a little bit of like a jump scare sort of stuff. And the music okay. is just fantastic. Music is really good. It's supposed good. to be great. And also, I, I kind of, I love Kevin Smith's movies and his podcasts. I listen to Kevin Smith talk a lot throughout the years. And he really loves Jaws. He mentioned it a lot. The best example for it is Kevin Smith's second movie, Mallrats. The main two characters there are named Quint and Brody, which are named after the two main characters from Jaws. I think in one of his podcasts, he says that when he was a kid, his mom recorded the audio of the movie onto a cassette, and he used to listen to that all the time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of I wanted to watch this movie for years now, and I'm kind of excited to watch it right now and talk about it with you guys. Cool. Yeah, can't wait. I hope you guys at home listening to this will watch it as well. Or if you've watched it, uh, come and listen to what we think about it. For people listening, just it helps listening or reading or watching or playing the stuff first. Yep. It, yep. I think that's how you get the best experience. So, Because I'm one of those people where um, I listen to podcasts and they say, oh, yeah, by the way, if you haven't actually read this, I go, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But this is <laughs> like, like we did an overview this time, but it just makes it much more enjoyable, I think, if you... Yeah. If you sort of participate. But yeah, that's that's about it. Cool. Um, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Barrio, for staying true to our quest. Thank you, listeners at home, for helping us along the latest stage of our quest. Uh, we hope that you join us next episode, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.